0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us on the show today is Rebecca Liepman, co-founder of LearnLux. Welcome to the show, Rebecca.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, so first off, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and the story behind the company?
1: Yeah, of course. So excited to be here today. Uh, I became interested in finance and fintech in a really interesting way. When I was in college, when I was 19 years old, I left school and moved to Kenya to the middle of nowhere. I was living in a mud hut in a rural village in Kenya. And it happened to be when M-Pesa was taking off mobile payments. And so I was just able to see extreme adoption and growth of a really cool fintech product. Um, And so Living there, I was able to see so many other types of financial inclusion and financial innovation that had never even existed in the States around microloans and microfinance and peer-to-peer lending that exists in a completely different way than you will ever see in North America. And uh, became really fascinated by how we could change financial services and make it better for people. And when I came back to the States, I got hired to work at a lab at MIT. And my lab at MIT was 10 PhD students, and they were looking at macro trends in financial services. And I was studying this macro trend of pension plans to 401ks in America and how people would have to plan completely differently with the assumption that they wouldn't have a pension anymore. And in that process, I learned that 90% of Americans don't have access to a dedicated financial advisor because they don't meet the asset minimum that's been required in the industry. And so I just thought that was absurd and started LearnLux out of that lab really to democratize access to fiduciary financial planning and make sure that anyone, no matter their income or asset level, could have on-demand financial advising and digital financial planning that would work for them.
2: so let's let's talk about the evolution of both the company and the product, and how your thoughts are on financial guidance sort of changed over the last several years since you founded it. Um, you also have gone into working with employers to kind of provide this type of financial guidance um directly kind of through the employer to the employee. Can you talk about that sort of journey a little bit and and why it's important for employers to also be part of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely so employee financial wellness is really taking off and the thing is money is the biggest stress that people worry about on a day-to-day basis and they carry that stress with them everywhere and it can really impact how you do your job and what you how you work um one of the biggest things that we believe from the beginning a thesis that you'll see throughout our product is for many people the the core pillars of their financial plan actually come from their employer your retirement your equity your healthcare and so a lot of people weren't even utilizing some of the benefits they were being given by their employer which really help you know start to build the the basic pieces of your financial plan and so it's been really important for employers to say, hey, we're offering these amazing benefits that are actually part of your total compensation that add to your financial life. And we want to make sure you utilize them the right way. On top of that, I mean, at Lux, we do holistic financial planning. So that is everything from helping people with student debt and credit card debt all the way through, you know, retirement drawdown and understanding insurance and understanding, you know, trust and wills. And so A big thing that a lot of people don't realize is the number one reason people go into personal bankruptcy is because they choose the wrong health care plan during open enrollment at their job. And, you know, open enrollment happens, it feels like it's the blink of an eye, you're not sure what to choose, you see all these plans and different letters that don't make any sense. And then you end up picking the high deductible plan because it takes the least amount of money out of your paycheck. It looks like the best deal. But what most people don't realize is that. You don't actually have the six thousand dollars in emergency savings to pay out your medical bills before that insurance kicks in and so that's a huge reason that people start to get into cyclical debt and medical debt and it just perpetuates throughout your entire financial life so those are just some of the core reasons that employers have become really interested in the space and why it's so important for them
2: well and and when i first met you and your brother you were coming out of i think mass challenge and we met back in Boston and you were starting your journey with doing um, sort of uh, younger adult sort of focused education. And you've obviously moved a lot around since then and now are focusing on long term financial uh guidance for adults and for really everybody can can you talk to us about you know how the product works what the process is if an employer offers this as a benefit and as a as a consumer of financial guidance to kind of guide you through these big decisions like physically like is it an app like to talk to us about that and let it let our listeners kind of know a little bit more about what the experience is
1: yeah so people can use the product you know on desktop or mobile and Pretty much, it allows you to make a digital financial plan in whatever way that you learn best, and so that means that you can talk to one of our certified financial planners on demand. You can ask a one-off question. You can meet with them, you know, every quarter and be looking at your financial plan and and understanding where you are. You could use the digital tools like the checkups and the cash flow tools and the retirement calculators to understand you know your current financial situation. I think what I what i've seen and you know when we started we always wanted to go b2b and you know we were able to really stand the market and get people on the product early and really build a product that was beautiful for consumers kind of a fun fact that not a lot of people know is that the ux in learnlux stands for user experience uh, you know you've seen banking products they're usually not beautiful And we really wanted to focus on creating beautiful technology that people would want to come back to and want to use and that was easy to understand and it was accessible. And that creates an entirely new experience for people. Um, And so, you know, we really focused on making this accessible to however people want to learn. And then we focus a lot on integrating with the company's benefits as well. Like I mentioned earlier, for a lot of people, those those core Pieces of their plans stem from what their company offers. So many times, we're um, doing benefits education and helping people understand their total rewards as a as a core component as well. And we can integrate with other benefits that a company has. We can integrate as much or as little as as a company wants, depending on you know how robust um, you know the benefits they're offering are and if they have connections.
0: I like that. And and I think everything that you just talked about speaks to one of the biggest challenges that we have, right? Especially in the United States when it comes to healthcare. And like you said, make one mistake and off you go. Um, so let's switch gear a little bit and talk about your founder journey. So Linux is not your first company. And we all know that being an entrepreneur is (laughs) pretty tough and lonely. Um, What motivated you to keep starting different ventures? And let's say if there's one thing you could have changed, if you went back in time, uh, looking at everything you've done, what would that be? Yeah. Trick question.
1: (laughs) It is a trick question. It is a trick question. And I always think back to even when I was a kid, I feel like I was never satisfied with the status quo and I always, you know, I always took the instructions that were given to me and, you know, usually came out with a different outcome than many people. And in school, sometimes that's not what you're supposed to do, but that's kind of what I always did. And as an adult, it you get a lot better response than when you're in school and supposed to have a very specific outcome with the instructions you're given. Um, but I mean, I just remember even, you know, doing an arts and crafts project and given materials and I was like, it's not really what I want to make. And I had a different result. And I feel like that's exactly what it's like today. Um, a lot of people just tolerate things they see in the world and there are certain things that I just don't think should be tolerated. And so you change it. Um, you know, in college, I did a lot around environmental projects and uh, started a lot of projects, you know, to help the environment before it was kind of cool like it is now. Um, and spent years doing that. And then that's what led me to Kenya. Initially, I went to Kenya to do environmental work. And when I got there, I was just enthralled in all of this, you know, financial inclusion work. And, you know, so started that the company in Kenya um, using that payments technology, but for the education system to make paying for education easier. Um, a lot of people You know, have to decide how they're going to use their money for the week. And it's, you know, are you buying malaria medicine? Are you sending your kids to school? Are you getting their textbooks and their uniforms? And so there's just so much that has happened um, since I lived in Kenya, but there was a huge opportunity for mobile payments there. And then I think the same thing, you know, I came back to the States. I never, I I was not one of the people who was like, oh, I want to start a company. I honestly thought I would just get a job out of school. Um, But I saw this challenge and, couldn't get it out of my head. And I mean, I graduated, we had not raised money. We, you know, people used to say, you shouldn't start a company right now. You know, you're in college, you don't have time, you don't have money, you don't, you've never worked at a big bank. And, you know, I don't think there's anything I would have done differently to answer the question. I always tell people, I'm really glad I did it then because you can make those same excuses for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's important for, for people to just get in, jump in and dive into this type of challenge. Speaking of challenges, uh, the pandemic uh, and the last 15 months has been anything but normal. And I'm just curious, you know, how it impacted your team and the way that workplaces look at financial well-being. And have you changed any of the sort of educational flows because of the last 15 months, you know, have, have you changed any of your content?
1: So when COVID first hit, I mean, we were creating all new types of content and having, uh, you know, AMA sessions with our certified financial planners to answer all of the questions that people were having about the changing financial system. I mean, if you remember when COVID hit, you know, tax day was changed and student loans were put on pause and there were all these changes happening. And, um, the markets were going crazy. So we were doing a lot. We put out a whole kind of resource center to answer questions around COVID. Um, And I think for the first month, a lot of companies froze, but pretty quickly after that, financial being started blowing up as an employee benefit. I mean, really over the last year, I have seen it grow tremendously. And I think it's because people realized how financially vulnerable their employees were, how financially vulnerable everyone is. It's something that is really usually not talked about. It's a very taboo topic. And COVID made people realize, hey, this is something that we have to talk about. Not everyone's in a great place. Most people aren't. And how can we help people? Um, so I think it really expedited companies wanting to offer financial well-being and understand how to support their employees. And there's a lot of uh, you know changes in the workforce now. and financial beings one of those benefits that's equitable that can impact everyone it can help everyone no matter if they're just starting or you know in a in a very high growth role and just are trying to figure out how to deal with RSUs and taxes it's something that can help everyone
2: if you go back and you you look at what happened like immediately in the first two or three months of what was happening last march Financial institutions were scrambling to figure out, you know, how to um, be involved in the CARES Act and the other pieces of um, the small business sort of relief and mortgage relief and all of these. And I, I, I'd I, like to think that, you know, banks would have been more part of the, the education around how to get the benefits of those programs. And and they really weren't. And that's that's what I'm kind of confused about is, you know, why... Um, employers didn't look at that as an opportunity. Maybe they did. Maybe that's what you're seeing. And, and maybe what, what happened um, is that we all kind of learned that these pieces need to fit t- together better. So was there anything else you know, that you added to your programs to help employers and help um, banks and other financial institutions really work better?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many examples. I mean, in general, let's take the example of how millions of women left the workforce during COVID because they had to take care of their kids or just even help their kids do school on video instead of in real life. Um, Bringing in a financial well-being program and helping people understand, you know, this is what I'm actually getting as my total compensation and understanding Can I even go back to work? Does this make sense? It's just one really, it's kind of specific, but it's actually a massive market of helping people understand, you know, does it make sense for me to stay at home with my kids now? Or can I go back into the workforce as we try to get people to go back? Um, And so there's a lot of really specific things. I mean, Brad, you know this from being in financial services, banks do a million things and they have to do certain things really well, but they can't do everything really well. And I think that's why there's this massive opportunity for fintech. I mean, in the industry, banks always, you know, tried to do something around financial wellness, but they never really nailed it. And they never really created the best solution. And that's why there's an opportunity for best in breed financial well-being, where you can come in and and help employers really create that experience that just wasn't there with banks, where it feels like they're pushing products or they're Doing something that can't really be accessible to everyone. So I think it just created more of an opportunity um, to open people's eyes to what you can use financial well being for and how it can actually increase a lot of other initiatives at your companies.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't agree more. But if we took a step back, though, right? you know, pandemic aside, I think what it has done is is surfaced a lot of the challenges that people already have in in our society, right? And we've seen household debt climbing, we have seen, um, you know, car loans, uh, climbing, in addition to everything that we already know about the student loan debt, the medical debts and credit card, debt, all of those. Um, I'm curious, and this is a two part question. The first one is, what role do you think A companies such as learn lux can play above and beyond what you're doing right now and second is what else do we need to change in our economy to actually make that better
1: yeah every day we think about how do we create a world where having a financial plan is never out of reach and for a lot of people the challenges that you mentioned like being in massive debt um not knowing what to do are very common and i think it's big societal issues that we can all work on. And there's been this idea that you can't talk about money and you don't know who to trust and you don't even know what language to use. And it's not our fault. I mean, finance is very personal, finance is very cultural, it's very emotional. You know, we see these things growing up that we take with us our whole lives that create our financial behaviors and it's not always logical things. And so I think creating a society where we can start a conversation about money allows us to you know be more open to saying hey i i actually want to have a plan i might be in debt i might be in student debt i might be in credit card debt but you can make a plan to get out of that and get help with all of these new products like like learn lux but you know all these new fintech companies are creating access to people who have never had access before we help everyday people you know the companies we're in we're in construction companies and manufacturing and retail and, of course, tech, but across all industries. This is mass America. People who never thought financial advising would be accessible to them, who might even think it's scary because of the way the industry has shown it to be. And we're completely changing that. This isn't your buttoned up financial advising experience. This is, you know, very accessible, jargon-free, judgment-free. And, you know, it's okay if you haven't saved the perfect amount for retirement. It's great that you're having the first conversation. Let's make sure people feel comfortable just starting the conversation.
2: So let's talk about the plans that you have for LearnLux then. Wait, yeah. What's what's the future look like? What's what's next? You know, what's, what's the next big thing in financial education?
1: Yeah, I mean, financial well-being is really blowing up like I said so we are just focused on helping as many employees as possible you know be able to make a financial plan have on demand financial advising we're seeing this across every single industry every geography um and it's really just about helping people make a plan in the way that is most accessible to them again if that's talking to someone if that's Kind of using resources and tools that are self-paced on their own time with their partner after work, on the weekends. Um, just making financial planning more human centric, again, having a much better user experience. And so that is a, just about growing tremendously. you know, growing the team, growing scale. Um, so it's really exciting, but making sure that you know having a plan is never out of reach.
0: like that that is the perfect way to end this making sure that having a plan is never out of reach. I think for far too long this is something that you know always been viewed as it is only for those who have a lot of assets, those that can afford um, to spend money on how to plan to spend down their money. Um, so th- this is this is wonderful what you guys are doing and we can't wait to hear from you next time on how things progress and hopefully when, you know, we we can actually all be in the same place and not in three different cities. But thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca. And thank you everyone for listening into another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you all next week.